All right. Hopefully everything is working. Okay, this is going to be our third week and words of introduction are still needed. We're going to be getting to the mimer that the Rebbe said both in Tavshin Chav Beis and in Tavshin Mem Beis, a mimer that's going to explain the 12th chapter of the previous Rebbe's Basilegani mimer. The previous Rebbe's Basilegani mimer firstly emphasizes the importance of every single Jew being involved in the mission of making this world a home to God. Which really means that our main mission is to bring Mashiach with a big innovation that in as much as, of course, we are waiting for the building of the third base on Mikdash. But the third base on Mikdash is going to be built by Tzadikim or by God or it's spiritual. Halachically, we are not allowed to build the third temple. But that doesn't mean that we're not missioned to the building of the temple. The way we are to view our lives is that by, by divine providence, in the place that you live, in the home that you have, you have to make that a base on Mikdash, which is really what Hashem wants. Hashem doesn't want to be confined only to the temple. Truth be told that there's going to be a revelation of the Shekhinah in our homes a lot greater than it is now because the temple then will be built. But our temple, we, we are obligated to build it even during Golas. And the idea of building a temple, the idea of building the Beis HaMikdash, the idea of making the world a home to God is dafka not by removing ourselves from the world, but by being involved in the world, whatever that means. I know it's a very broad statement, but we have to really figure that out even though the more one gets involved in the world, the more the world might pose a challenge, an asoyan, a temptation, a dragging down of the person, yes. And actually, it is our avoida of bending ourselves, of disciplining our animal, ultimately transforming it. That's exactly how we bring this tremendous light of God into our homes, into our corner in the world. And the Rebbe said, and that's where we began last week, that the mission is to make the home, to make our homes a place for God, to make our places to a home for God. Who does it? And that's another key point. It has to be done by the foot soldiers, which means that my existence and my avoida and your avoida is mamish needed for the process of the coming of Mashiach. There is no one off the hook. And the example that Rebbe gave and let's begin just diving into a little bit deeper the example the previous Rebbe gives. He speaks about a king waging a war and making our corner in the world a home for God is a war. But there are two types of wars. This is what we didn't yet unpackage. There are two types of wars, and it's good to know these concepts. There is, there is even in the, in the human king in a kingdom, like a, a country is going to war, there are times that countries go to war Obviously, they want to win, but even if they will lose, it won't break their kingdom. There are many battles that we engage in in life, let's speak about now spiritual battles, that of course it's important for us to win them, but there are battles that even if there is a loss, it's not your end, it's a loss. 
That's the meaning of a loss. You are, are here, just you lost. There are certain types of battles that a government or a king or a president or a parliament will understand that this is not a war that we can afford to lose because if we lose this war, there will be no more country, there will be no more kingdom, there will be no more government. When people face that type of battle, then using the words of the Rebbe, from the many attributes that God gave us, there was an attribute that's called Netzach. Netzach meaning victory. Netzach is the emotional power, the emotional power that we have to keep steady. Keeping steady means to overcome no matter what obstacle. Some people know how to, how to tap into that. And these will be the people that will be more consistent. Then you have people that don't yet know how to tap into it. But whenever every person has it, whenever my, your, koyach, whenever our power called netzach or nitzach, victory is, is brought to the surface, it's almost ironic. It's not only that we have the power to endure. The greater the opposition, the more power you get. Remember, that's just my own example. When I was a kid, I don't know, think maybe this illness doesn't exist anymore. I remember in Brazil, there were certain people that they couldn't walk. The only way they walked is they had an assistant that would put their foot in front of this person's foot. I never saw that. And that's the way, and they were being held by the side. That's the way they walked. Because with, without opposition, they lost that motor school. These were older people. It's a certain illness that they just couldn't take the next step. But when they saw the foot blocking them, aha, you're blocking me, I'm going to overcome. And, and we all have that. And, and this is such a healthy way of looking at challenges in life. Because we all have a koyach. But if we don't feel the real need, sometimes why will I use it? It's so much easier just to be lazy. But when a person feels, no, no, there's someone trying to push me down. There is someone trying to silence me. Ooh, then they trigger your koyach hanitzachen, and then you become even stronger. And that's especially true if you understand that if you will not overcome, you're finished. You, you don't exist anymore. Koyach So, so the Rebbe is basically saying that all, all effort can be, can be framed as a war. Effort meaning, I want to go here. There are certain forces that are going in, the, in a different direction. right? You want to make a seder in your home and the kindleth that God blessed you with are going in the opposite direction. There's always a, a struggle. And when there's a struggle, the struggle always arouses a certain power of victory, of overcoming. But again, when, whenever it's a war of, if you lose the war, you don't exist, we have infinite power of Netzachim. We will win. Amen. This struggle of bringing light, light into the dark world, or this struggle of that we have to make this world a home for God. The world has to be a place that wherever Hashem comes to, God feels at home. Beginning in our homes, but extending to our neighborhoods, to our communities. For God, we don't feel it. For God, this is a, a, a make or break. He cannot lose this war. He cannot lose this war. It, the whole purpose why he made the world was for this to happen. Words, we don't sense, we meaning most common people, don't feel the sense of urgency that God is feeling regarding Mashiach has to come. We merit it to see it by the Rebbe. Not only when the Rebbe, so to say, was in his 90s, 
No, when the Rebbe was younger, the urgency for Mashiach was, was unusual. That's because it's... it's, it's it, there's no option. It's not like it has to happen. Now we have so much emunah, it's going to happen. Sometimes we lose our urgency, it's going to happen. But the problem is, is that it won't happen. I have to make it happen. So the Rebbe says like this, when a king is fighting a battle where it's not going to break his kingdom, how much will he invest in it? There will be a, a cap. I want to win the war. But how much treasure will the king spend? If it won't break the kingdom, it just doesn't make sense for a government to spend $10 trillion if it's not the end of the world, if they don't win the war. You, you put a limit, you say, listen, it's only worth it. Like any investment, you make an investment if, there's a, if it makes sense, if the return makes sense. Comes a point that, that even if you'll have a return, but the return is gonna be less than the investment, why would you make the investment? You won't. But when it comes to this win or lose, you cannot lose then there is no limit into how much you're going to invest. So the Rebbe explains, the previous Rebbe explains that this battle, which for God has to be won, arouses within God, God's koyach of nitzachim. God will be victorious. And when a king goes into that mode, this is a metaphor to God, there are three things that the king will do. Number one, the king will be involved in the battle. The king will not sit in his palace and rely on his generals. The king will go out to the field to go see what's going on because he has to win this battle. So Hashem gets closer to us. Number two, that every kingdom has treasures. The definition of a treasure is something that is concealed from the people. Part of its power is by the very fact that it's concealed. Right? They hide the gold in America. That probably doesn't even exist anymore. But that's good that it's not revealed so they can tell you that they have who knows how many trillion dollars of gold. No one will know. There's a oitzer. Every kingdom has a treasure. There's a treasury and there's a treasure. And there are certain things that they bring down out on occasion. Right? They show some of the queen's crown jewels. And some of them, they tell you, no, there's a lot more, but we're not showing it to you. When a king understands that if, he, if he's going to lose the war there's no kingdom, then the king will open up the treasury and he'll give it all because there's no purpose keeping it hidden if he's going to lose the war. And to whom does he give it? Now, the king doesn't give it directly to the foot soldier. But the king who gives it to the generals tells the generals, I'm giving it to you for you to give it to the foot soldier. I'm not giving it to you for you. I want you to bring it down to everyone. And number three, that if the king understands that this is a war that he cannot lose, Something very interesting happens. The king puts the kingdom before the king. If not, it's no king. And if he has to make a choice, the king will give away his life for his kingdom to stand. None of these three attributes will happen if it's not a die, win or die war. So these are, this is just elaborating a little bit more that I didn't speak out last week, that in the second 10 chapters, the Rebbe speaks about these three ideas that we should be aware that we're at the time of history of the world that Mashiach needs to come. And who's going to bring about Mashiach, the foot soldier, which is a very empowering and a big responsibility. That means that no one is off this hook. You got to do your part. I have to do my part. And because it's so negea to God, even though I don't feel the urgency, Hashem feels the urgency that I am being, number one, the king is involved. The king is involved the way the king was not involved before. 
we'll explain what that means. That the king, if need be, will give away his life. I want you to know that the Rebbe explained this concerning the fact that the previous Rebbe passed away. Which is, we're not going to speak about this today, but just to know that in, in Judaism, the passing of a tzaddik or of a, tzedka, of a tzedkadiyas, we learn it from Miriam, brings about a tremendous elevation to the world. However, that manifests. And there are times that even if the tzaddik had the choice whether to live longer or to pass away, if there is a need for the world or for God, for there to be this new light in the world, the tzaddik will tell God, take me away. May my passing happen sooner than later for the benefit of the world. And that's the way the Rebbe framed the passing of the previous Rebbe, and that's the way we framed the passing of the Rebbe. This concept of the Maimir, that to bring Moshiach, if there was a need, now we would have hoped there would not have been such a need, but whatever benefit comes to us in winning our battle by the fact that the Rebbe physically is not here since that was needed, he said, okay, God, take my life away. The king throws his life away to save the kingdom, in our context, to win the war. And, and now, the treasure is the, is the topic of this year, and next year, and next year, and next year. There's a couple of years in a row we're going to speak about the treasure. That's where we left off last week. Like, what does it mean that Hashem is giving us the treasure? What is that treasure? Where do I find more of it? How do I make better use of it? We have to first know what it is. And then, it's a big thing. When we understand things, even if we don't yet see it or feel it, just knowing this is it, then we are guided in the right direction. Then we have the ability with work to go look for it and we can tackle find it. Like just parenthetically, when we say that the king goes to the, to the battlefield, to me that means that it's easier to see Hashgacha Pratis. Just knowing that, knowing that makes a person search more for Hashgacha Pratis. In Israel, there's, you can see Hashgacha Pratis easier. And in Yerushalayim, even easier. And in, the, and, in, and in the Harabayat or by the Koisel, even easier. So it's not, ah, look, coincidence, I went to the Koisel and pumped that person that I didn't see for 40 years I met. It's not because the world is small or because, no, the world is big. It's because the Hashgacha Pratis is revealed. It's amazing. And, and knowing that will make you aware of even more Hashgacha Pratis. Know that in the meaning that Hashem is more present in Eretz Yisrael, Hasidah says, that means that you can see Hashgacha Pratis easier. Look for it. Look for it more, you'll find it easier. And it's so heartwarming when we see how God is mamish with us. You, you see it. It's not that we don't see it here, but less effort is needed. And coming back over here, let's learn about the treasure. Okay. Any questions so far? We're good. Here are the words. And it's very meaningful. It's a bit mystical, but we'll get used to it. And all of these ideas, just to make it clear, they're not meant to stay in the world of ideas. We have to figure out how to make this um, relevant to me. Which takes a little bit of work, but these things should become very relevant. The words sound abstract. So, okay, we believe in God. Of course we believe in God. We believe that God is one. Of course, we believe Hashem Echad. It takes us a long time to chap, to realize that our understanding of one is very limiting. There's a reason why we keep on saying Hashem Echad, Hashem Echad. If Hashem Echad would mean what we begin thinking what it means, you can say it once and you know it already. Why, why are you repeating it so many times? 
because we don't, we don't understand. It's very difficult to understand the meaning of oneness. We don't know oneness. Another way of wording oneness is infinity. And infinity is something that we don't know because we're finite people. And for someone to say, there will be a point in the future that we will live forever. You know what that means? You tell a person you live for a thousand years, you say, oh my God, like what am I going to do for a thousand years? But at least you get scared because that's like, you know, life is amazing, but for a thousand years, yeah, for a thousand years. But when you tell a person you're going to live forever, it doesn't fit in our minds. So when we say that Hashem, Hashem's light is infinite, it's good to spend time trying to appreciate what we don't understand. You know, many times people focus on what they could understand. I want to understand it, and you focus and you pay attention. There is another type of grasping is, let me at least better understand how I don't understand this. Negative knowledge. People actually did such meditations. They would try to envision all of space filled with light. And then you have to tell yourself, but I'm putting a limit somewhere. Let me go to the limit and start stretching it and keep on going. And at the end, it's still limited. But Hashem is infinite. Okay, let's begin with that. Step number one. There is a beautiful Pasuk in Tehillim, Kapitel Nun, speaking about the creation of the world. For those of you that already said Kapitel Nun. And listen to what it says. It says, Kael, Aleph Lamed. Aleph Lamed is one of the names of Hashem. Kael, Elikin, Hashem, Diber. God, God, God spoke. Vayikra Aretz, and he called forth the earth. God, God, God. Just write God. And I know that God has different names, so pick one of the names. Just, you read it, you, you know that you don't know. What are you, what are you talking about? There's only one God. It's hard enough to grasp different names, say that the way we see God, the way God interacts with us. Kael, Elohim, Hashem, Diber, Vayikra, Aretz. That's the verse. And oh, do we have in Chabad Hasidis books on this. So let me just share the words. And again, don't think this is abstract. Yes, it's abstract, but this is very relevant. This is mamish understanding the way things work, the way things come into being. And the better we understand it, the better we can apply it. We are beginning with Hashem's infinite light. And that's what Kael refers to. If God would not be infinite, God would not be able to create. We cannot create. We cannot create something out of nothing. You know why? Because we did not create ourselves. Because we, from our beginning, there was something else that made us. Anything that something else made cannot outdo that. It's like in your beginning. You began by being a created being. How can you become a creator? Now, we call, wow, you're an artist. You're such a great creator. We're not creating something out of nothing. We are reconfiguring things, which is beautiful, with a lot of innovation. And when God blesses us and we have children, you can call that a creation. But none of this is really something out of nothing. You began with something and you tremendously upgraded it. But something out of nothing, lo shayach. So, you know, that's, our kids ask us that. Like, how do you know there's a God? You say, well, everything, who made this? So what are they normally, every, almost every kid, so who made God? So who made God? How do you answer that question? 
Now God, God was always there. There has to be something that was always there. Because since everything that we know has a beginning, so it had a creator who put it there, nothing comes to be on its own. Nothing we know came to be on its own. It's so absurd to think that this, all this came by its own. There's nothing that we know. This was not here by its own. There's nothing in your life that you can look at that you can say it came by its own. Maybe a mess, also not by its own. But not something organized, like it's so foolish. Everything has something that caused it. Okay, so, so there's a, the great cause, the causer. Many people got the original cause. And who caused the original cause? It must be, now for God to always have been there, that's infinity. So it's infinity, since Hashem was always there, Hashem didn't need to be created. So Hashem is not bound by the rule that we came into existence. I came into existence by someone putting me here, which is why I cannot create something. Out of, I did not put myself here. I cannot create out of nothing. God is not bound by that. Let's think about that. These are long philosophical discussions that people thought about for thousands of years and accumulated knowledge. Hashem being a creator is linked to the fact that Hashem is infinite. Infinite also meaning He was always. It's not just He was always here. It's a lot more than that. But infinity is what gives God the koyach to create. Let's accept it. Hashem is everywhere and always and everything and infinite. Okay. If Hashem is everywhere... So where do we fit in? How is there room for us if God is everywhere? If God is not everywhere, then God is limited, then God is not infinite. These are questions that normally teenagers ask when they go to, when they learn Hasidus. A child, I never heard that from a child, but maybe there were brilliant children that had that question. But these are good questions. Okay. If someone asks you who made God, you have to say there has to be, no, we don't know what God is. Everything that we know has a beginning. There must be something else that has no beginning. And that's Hashem. And that being made everything else be. These are the words of the Rambam. Whether we understand it literally or not, that's the, these words we should give our children. This is the answer. Hashem is not what we know of. Hashem has no beginning. Hashem has no beginning. Hashem is infinite. That's part of the meaning of Echot. Because if you have a beginning, you're not really one. You're one up until here. And then you're not. Hashem is. Everywhere. Everything. Always. Everywhere. So where do we fit in? How can you put a world in a place where the place is taken up by God? He contracts himself. Okay. So therefore, God needed, these are the words of that reason. God needed to, so to say, so to say, remove himself, make a black hole, make a vacuumed space called a mocking panoi, in which you don't have the infinite light. And in there, God made a world. So now God made the place to make the world. That was, so first you have infinite light. Then Hashem removed himself, not everywhere. Hashem really did not remove himself at all. But from our perspective, in one place, he removed himself. Like in the middle of, just you can imagine, infinite light, and then there's a black hole in the middle of it. But that's not the world. And then, step number three, Hashem took not infinite light, a limited light of God, a limited godly light. It's called in Kabbalah, a kav, a white line. 
So it's godliness, but it's already limited. And that metamorphosed into all of the worlds, ultimately into this world. Is that same So there was Oyven That's the name of Kale. Then Elohim refers to the Tzimtzum. And after the Tzimtzum, Yudke Vavke, Kale, Elohim, Hashem, Dibeir. Then God brought into this open space, not he came back in, his, in all of his infinity. Then what did he accomplish? Then we're back to square one. But now Hashem revealed himself in a, so to say, finite expression. That's represented by his name? And that's Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke is actually the specific details of how we did that. Like the formula. It was a point, and then the point got extended, then it got broadened. V'chole, v'chole. What's the difference then between that and Elohim? Elohim is that Simpson, Simpson is the power to conceal. And Hashem is like a mixture of it. It's like a, it's a both. You have light, but it's finite. Infinite light, what appeared to us to be inside of it, infinite darkness, no light, Elohim, so now you have the room to make a world. But where did the world? The world is godliness. Now, if God would have revealed in that dark space his infinity, then everything would have been infinite. For the world to be finite, Hashem needed to reveal himself in a finite way. There's one word that to this, um, like you said, that there's a tzimtzum and then... So there's oiren soif. Yeah. Tzimtzum, kav. Oh. Kav is spelled kuf vav. Kav means a line. It's like, it's like a line of light. So it's light. The light is coming from the infinite light. But when it's in the black, when it's in the mocking panoi, it's just a line. A line means it's limited. It's not everywhere. Like a laser. Like a laser. Now obviously none of this should be taken literally. But if you're going to open up certain good Kabbalah books, you're going to actually see that. They're going to have a white paper with a black um, ball in the middle and a white light that goes in it. Just these are the words, but none of this is to be taken literally. But this is the way creation happens. So there is, first of all, just to make something clear, infinite light is not God, but it's coming from God. So there is the infinite light of God. So when it goes from God to his infinite light, we call that movement, kale. Then when Hashem is expressing his power to conceal, we call that Elohim. And when Hashem reveals himself, but in a limited way, we call that Yudke Vavke. Now here comes a simple question. What is greater, infinite or finite? Infinite, of course. So if there could not have, how can it be that when there is infinite, it makes sense, there could not have been a world. And when there's finite, then there could be a world. How can something weaker accomplish something that something greater could not have accomplished? Needed, like perimeters, tangible space, time. Like, let me word my question different again for the children, right? If we're telling our children, 
that the power to create can only come from an infinite being. How can the Kav create the world? If it's a limited light. I'm stuck, I'm trapped. Words, the power of creation comes from something infinite. But if it's infinite, then there's no room for anything. Okay, so we get it. So God removed himself and then he revealed himself in a finite. If it's finite, how can that create? Anything finite. It's almost like the Kav had a beginning. Before the Tzimtzum, there wasn't a Kav. So if something itself needed a beginning and a beginner, so how can it create? Can't create anymore. I know that I don't appreciate these questions, but I want you to know that this is a mamash accumulated thousands of years of greatest minds speaking about these topics. This is where they had a problem. Isn't it the infinite light that led to it, though? So it's connected. Oh, so let me let me let me say words that Hasidus says. You're definitely on the right track. But Hasidus asks a question: What is greater, Hashem's infinite light, or the power of tzimtzum? What's the proof that the power of symptom is even greater? Because it affected the infinite light. Even though it's all God. But if there are different powers of God and there's a conflict and that's no question, light or darkness, it's one or the other, which one will dominate? The fact that symptom has the power to dominate and to affect a so to say darkness in the infinite light is a raya is a proof that the power of concealment is stronger than the power of revelation. And we all know that. We all know that, but even by us. Saying, these ideas are so real. It's a lot easier for us to do. It's a lot harder for us not to do when you want to. Oh, not to do when you're, when, when you're lazy is taka very easy. But if you, if you want to do something, or you want to say something, and with wisdom you have that this is not the right time to say it, it won't have the greatest impact Biting your tongue, who demands a much deeper investment of yourself. The power of covering, of concealing, is a lot stronger than the power of revealing. So based on that, says the Chabad Hasidus, that the Kav is even greater than the Tzimtzum. The Kav is greater than the Tzimtzum. The fact that the Tzimtzum affected complete darkness. A finite expression of God is more powerful than the tzimtzum because it won over the tzimtzum. Because whatever came later changed that which came prior, which means to a certain degree it's greater. It overcame it. It undid it. Now again, how can it be that the kav, which is a finite level of godliness, is stronger then the infinite level of God, the infinite level of godliness was affected by the tzimtzum. The tzimtzum trumped over the infinite light. But the tzimtzum does not trump over the limited expression of God. Again, there's something in the kav that makes it even greater than the infinite, than the infinite expression of God. And the answer is, who is bringing about the kav? Who brought the kav? Infinite light is not Hashem. Infinite light is coming from Hashem. Tzimtzum is not. We cannot define God. Tzimtzum is is a power of God. The Kav is coming from God. 
the greater the accomplishment, the more difficult the accomplishment, the deeper the accomplishment, the more you see the greatness of the one who's doing it. So the light, if you're just looking at the light, the light of the Kav is smaller, it's limited than the light of the infinite, of the Ein Soif. But who affected that light? Like we said, you, for you to, to hold yourself back, you need to dig a lot deeper. Something much deeper in you has to be activated for you to be able to do a tzimtzum. Something even greater is needed for you to get balance. And we all know that. Balance is, is that understanding that there's a time for light, there's a time for dark, there's a time to speak, there's a time to be silent. Some people are very good in speaking. Some people have even a greater koyach in, 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 in being modest. But then when you tell a person, oh, you have to have both. But figure it out. That is the greatest accomplishment of a person. Not to be one-sided, to be two-sided, to have two opposite koyches, and to know that sometimes I have to go into this mode, sometimes into that mode, and to get the right balance. So we see the greatest power of God, that God is a paradox. God can be concealed, God can be revealed, God can put them both together, you can have limited light, for us, of course, everything is limited. For Hashem, making light that's limited is the biggest challenge. He's putting together two koichas. He's putting together light and dark. And He's putting it together in a, in a balanced way where one did not kill the other. One did not erase the other. The tzimtzum erased the oyer and soif. The kav does not erase the tzimtzum. No, no, no. There's a tzimtzum. There's a dark place. But in there somewhere, there is light. And the light is limited. So we have a greater access to God Himself in a finite expression of God than when you have an infinite expression of God. I'll just give my own metaphor. When someone gets up there and they speak for four hours, oh my God, but very nice. Geschmack. So yeah, wow. person has wisdom. Then you have another person that has a lot what to say, but since the first speaker, the idiot, spoke for four hours, he has seichel to say, you know what, okay, I'm not going to speak now. So wow, so like even greater. You know that this speaker could have spoken. No, didn't speak. And then you see a person that gets up and says in one minute everything that guy said in four hours. Wow. That's the biggest chachma. Because even though it's difficult to be silent, and it's a lot harder to be silent than to talk, but this take this, oh, no, no, I have to say something, but I want to I want to tamper it, taper it, I want to limit it because it's not the place now to speak too much. But I want it to have content. I want it to be filled with content, but limited. That's the greatest koyach. The greatest power of God, according to this, is in this world. You, you, you are the closest to Hashem. Even though everything is limited. But somehow the essence of Hashem is revealed more in the Kav than in the Tzimtzum and in the, and the Ekel. So Ekel, Elohim, Hashem, Dibir. And that's how the world came about. And we're focusing here on Hashem, Yudke Bavke. And of course it's not many gods. That's why we say Hashem Echad, Hashem Elohim, never to mistake him. It's all the same God. But there is this expression of God and that expression of God. 
And that's the three general modes. Chesed, God is revealing himself. If God comes out, wow, infinite. If God conceals himself, God is infinitely powerful. So if God conceals himself, and he's infinite, so it's infinite concealment. And the ability to mix them both together, and to have a finite light of Hashem, that's only possible because God is the one that's doing it. God is above everything. God that has no limits. God that cannot, cannot be called light, and God cannot be called infinite. That's why God can also be finite. Who says God is only infinite? The deepest level of Hashem is expressed when there is a finite light of God. That means the Kav is closer to the essence of God more than anything else. How does this fit into the Mimer? So we're still not up to the point. That will be coming, coming soon. Wait for the next episode. <laughs> but, but we began just saying the words last week that Hashem, it says in the Tekun Zayir, that Hashem's light is lemaila aden kates, ulamata aden tachlas. That means it goes up with no end, and it goes down with no bottom. All of this is explaining God's light that comes down. That no matter how low you go, no matter how limited of a reality a person lives in, every now and then. With our effort, it will be more, comp- more often. But even without effort, every now and then, in every reality, no matter how lowly, God's light will come out. Not God's infinite light will come out. That will destroy everything. But you'll see, you'll see, this, this is God. And it doesn't make sense because if once we accept the premise that there's something called Simpson, and everyone knows this to be true, because in our reality, how many things happen in our lives where we don't see God? But we believe that God is everywhere, but God is obviously concealing himself. We, we sadly, in Golos, we know exactly what that means. We believe in Hashem. Hashem is here. And even though Hashem is here, terrible things can happen. God forbid, terrible things happened in the past. Mamish. People ask, if there's a God, how did this happen? It's a very difficult... Now, emotionally, don't answer. You have to have empathy, but... The words are, is that even though Hashem is here, Hashem hides himself. But it doesn't end with God hiding himself. That one of the amazing uh, phenomena that is connected to God and to godliness is that no matter how much Hashem hides himself, every now and then, a little light of God will appear, not infinite, right? So, like, come on, God, if you're doing the miracle, why didn't you do a greater miracle? Kasha? It doesn't hurt to ask the question. So it's, it's limited, but you know it's God. Because if God would not have done this, 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 this could not have happened. And ironically, in the darker place, the finding light in a darker place is a greater um, demonstration of Hashem's infinite power. Even in the darkness, even though it won't be infinite, but there is a light. And that's the meaning, that's not the treasure yet. That's something that even now we have. And that's why a Jew, we, we intuitively, even when things are really dark, first of all, we always, some deep, deep down, we, hope, we always hope for a miracle. And you know what? Sometimes mamish miracles, real miracles. Everything is a miracle. But we also acknowledge that even if God won't make a real miracle, it's like someone is ill, right? What would be the real miracle? They'll wake up tomorrow morning and there won't be cancer. Finished. That's, that's like an infinite. That, there's no laws. The laws of nature change. That could happen. But... We are living now in a dark world. But what we are saying is that even in a dark world, there is a cough. 
And the Kav is God. I can see because that if something will happen the right time. Right? Or a person needs a surgery and for some reason it didn't happen yesterday, it didn't happen two days ago. There's a reason for that. And if we would be privy to the reason, we would mama see the hands of God. See, ah, I know why. Because that doctor would have done, made a mistake or this, this. Or, like the, it's being done. It's a limited expression of godliness, but you can see it's God. Well, again, what we would call Hashgacha Pratis, and you can see it everywhere, especially if you are open to it. And look, look for it. You know, it's either when something doesn't go my way, say, oh my God, like this, either accept the narrative, this is Tzimtzum, and there is, from our perspective, Tzimtzum, or to say, no, 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 this is not Tzimtzum. It's not Oireng Soif, no, it's not pure bliss, I get that, but no, 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 there's something stronger than Tzimtzum. What's stronger than Simpson? An expression of God limited, but God. But it's the Eibishter. And it's the, greatest, it's the greatest revelation of God. Within all this, every now and then, there's a little bit of light. And that's in the world, that's in us. It means even when we are in a dark place, the Neshama is still there. In spite of ourselves. I had a friend many years ago, I don't mind saying the story, he had the real tzadahs, he was engaged, and the engagement broke off. And he was such a mefzayim bach. He was still a bacher. And he got very. He got into a very dark. Oh, and then he was diagnosed. He was. Then he heard that he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So he got into a very dark place. I mean, the big yetsar harem. So he says he went on a cruise. He was in Miami. He was going to go to the Bahamas. He doesn't want to know about anything, whatever that means. He says he walked into the cruise. He says a whole group of Israelis from his mefzayim route were there. <laughs> and that was the end of his vacation of Yiddishkeit, whatever that meant. <laughs> No, no, he was he got better, but I'm saying he didn't miraculously get better. No, it was dark. But he saw that he, that he went he went into a ruchniyzdika. He was attempting to to go into it didn't work. That that's that's the meaning that God's light, it goes down and there's no end to it. Meaning no matter how dark the reality is, Hashem somehow, even when it's not infinite, comes out. Now, it doesn't hurt for us to ask for miracles. It's a good thing. But it's good for us to be open that even when we don't yet see the miracles, Hashem is mamish in the darkest of places. It's still dark, because if there would be a miracle, it's not dark anymore. The infinite light takes away the tzimtzum. The whole vart of kavis is darkness everywhere, whether it's illness, whether there's a lack. There's something that's not the way we would like it to be. And there'll be a time in the future that it will be exactly the way we want it to be. But it's not right now. and No one should know that. In that, with the darkness, there's together with that some light. So some people see it as a negative. Like, come on, God. People say, Parnosa, like, they have to pay the bills. If it's always the 30th of the month is where they make the sale. So they tell God, God, if since you were planning to help me, why did you have to wait until the 30th? I needed to stress, you know, it was stressful. Why couldn't you help me two weeks ago? No, no, that's the word. It was dark. But at the last second, in the 11th hour, God gave you just enough to pay the bills. Maybe make more bills and you'll make more panas. I don't know how some people think that way. But that's the meaning of Hashem's infinite light goes down and there's no end to it. And that's a light that we always have access to before God reveals His treasure. So we are up to enough before the treasure, but to appreciate the meaning of the light goes higher and higher, that's the basic Hasidic approach to the light of Hashem. Limited, kav, but on the other hand, you see it's God by the fact that it's light in the darkness. It doesn't take away the darkness, but it doesn't allow itself to be completely blotted out. Do we have to, like, 
meditate or have that concept in our mind throughout the day, meaning not the, the terms of the calves, like only looking for the calves and in certain times when you think, oh, it's better, or that's like our perception, or should we just think in every moment throughout, throughout the day, like consistent? Is, it, is the calf like sporadic or is it? Calf is always here. But I, I'm telling you, I think I think these ideas more benigaya to the way we are with the world, that we should be more aware that most of us, hopefully all of us, by nature God made us. People are very kind. So the first, the first, it's a big chachma. In other words, when you when you are faced with something, the first thing is you mamish want to give it your all. Ain't safe for us. Our I want to give it my all. And then we learn in life I, I can't. Or I got hurt, I got burned, someone took advantage of me. So the next phase is Simpson. It's almost a sad phase. But to be able to live, you gotta do Simpson. The goal is then not just to overcome the Simpson, to ignore it. No, no, no. There was a reason why you went into that mode. Because someone tackled, took advantage of you. And don't allow for people to take advantage of you. The the way of interacting in the world of of, with a kav means the, there is an expression, there is a giving, but it has to work, it has to fit, it has to be measured. Mamash takes a life to master. It takes a life to master. Parents with kids, even in the beginning, in the beginning, by nature, you want to eat them up. And they say in Brazil, when they get teenagers, you regret that you didn't. That's their <laughs> expression. <laughs> no, then you have, a, you, no one should know, you guys don't know, but if someone has a teenager kid and they mamash rebel against the parents, I'm saying it takes a lot of gavura. You're in a different mode. But it doesn't end there. Then there's a greater koyach that you have to bring out from yourself. And that's not to be with them the way you were before when they were babies. They don't want that either. It doesn't work for them. It, 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 it overwhelms them. Once, even though a parent loves their kids overwhelmingly, sometimes kids cannot handle that. So then you have the kav, the kav is, the, is like takes the deepest part of you to, to, to give, but to give in a way that it's good for the recipient. Not that it's just good for you, it's good for them. And we always flux. We go, ain't safe, then that Simpson was ain't safe. I'm upset. I will never do any of something like that again. Never count on me again. Good, Simpson. But nothing comes from that. It's just darkness. And the goal is not to go back to the way you were. No, because there was a reason why you got upset. Don't erase that. Just learn how to react to it in a kav way, not in a darkness way, not in a tzimtzum way. We go through this the whole time. Kale, elikim, Hashem. And then you can talk. Like, don't even talk before you went through this. Mm-hmm. I have an idea, an amazing idea, that's Ein Soif. And say, one second, who says people want to hear about my idea? Or maybe people won't understand because I'm so smart and they're not, whatever, however you think. So you have to limit. But then you'll be quiet. You know, the smartest people are the quietest people. Don't trust quiet people. They're dangerous people. <laughs> because they're very wise. No, that's the rule. Like, uh, you don't even know what's going on in them. <laughs> and, and many people also, many people say the opposite. They say, listen, I don't really have something that smart to say, so I won't say anything. That's also not good. I mean, you're living in darkness. You have what to say. Don't, maybe don't give a drasha for 40 hours. Give a drasha for two minutes. The smartest people I know, they speak very little. It's much better that way. But when they speak, there's something to listen to. And if you think you have nothing what to say, then don't say. But we all have what to say. Just, just be makatsa. Kav. Be brief. 
what do they say? They say that a rabbi, a rabbi gave grace of sermons in shul and there was someone in the audience that couldn't take that rabbi speaking too long. So he told the rabbi his job was that he was a TV person. He says, your speeches are so good. I would like to play it on television, but they're not going to give you 30 minutes. They'll give you five minutes. So the rabbi says with a lot of effort, he can squeeze the 30 minute sermon into five minutes. So he says, hey, rabbi, why don't you do that every week from the pulpit? <laughs> That's like a we look at it as like, can we think also of like a spotlight? Every, you know, like, there's always Hashem's light. I, I, mean, I, I see it more, that all of that infinite, I see it more not where the light is going on, but where it's coming from. And right. what you're saying is for sure also very important, is that there's something infinite, the Kav is coming out of the infinite light. So there's something infinite, that Hashem is so infinite, that He can even be finite. And God gave us that power. With all of that somehow got, got uh, limited or got narrowed. So what we have to continue to explain is what's the meaning of God's light being no matter how you go, it goes even higher. What does that mean? And that will be the treasure and then we'll explain the meaning of God gives us the treasure to us now before Mashiach comes to fulfill our missions, which is a big thing. Which is a big thing. All right, Eden, to be continued. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.